BG Punk No More, The Return of the Devil Himself, Lex Luger 2.0, A Real Life Manhunt, and somewhere in between, All Out Happened. Hold on tight, this one's going to be a wild ride. You're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys, allegedly a wrestling podcast, but I don't know what to call this. I'm Mitch, and joining me is my co-host, Jake. Hey, buddy. What, uh, hey. what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Did, did anything significant happen in wrestling lately? I don't, I don't think so. Not much so, of a show today. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know what we'll, uh, William get, get into. Um, how'd you spend your weekend? Uh, we'll, we'll start. We'll start like very casual before we just like. You all know, right. So this casual out. stuff's gonna get like wildly real too, in a way that no one's yeah. gonna predict. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, on the fun part, uh, so Disc Golf Worlds, where this wrapped up on Saturday. My uh, my favorite female player absolutely crushed and won by like ten strokes, so that was really cool. And on the guy's side, went to a playoff for actually it ended on the first hole of the playoff, but like that there was a lot mm-hmm. of last minute drama then, so it was a really fun ride, awesome coverage. Um, and then the wild news: uh, so I live in Saskatchewan. Our entire population for the province is about a million people, so we're not we're not very big, and our land mass is quite significant. You know, I think area-wise, we probably cover a similar area to, to Texas, but really the northern half is pretty pretty foresty and no one really lives there. Sure. Um, so wild stories don't really happen here very often. We don't have a lot of breaking news things and wild incidents. It's just, it's a population of a million through an entire province. How much shit can really go down? We don't have the numbers for it. But we got six... Um, six emergency alerts on our phones over the last two days because two men went on a stabbing spree, murdered 10 people through a bunch of like some targeted, some random home invasions, injured 15 more. We had got code orange through all the hospitals. So like an emergency all hands on deck sort of thing. First one since the, uh, and this is something people have probably heard of. There was a really bad bus crash with the hockey team here about four or five years ago where it was like one of the worst sports crashes in history and like half the team died like legit tragedy uh, this was the first code orange since that the two suspects are still at large we have not found them it's been about 30 hours since the first alert came and these two guys are still at large then we get another alert today of another shooting on a different reserve this morning and that suspect is at large so this is a wild time to live in saskatchewan and this like i've lived here my whole life in 33 years i've never seen shit go down like this this is wild be safe dude that is insane yeah it's uh everybody's like it's a it's a doors locked no no bullshit scenario like I, I assume they're trying to make a run south for the border to try and sneak across the last place they were spotted was getting progressively more south. But yeah, it is, it is a wild time. And you know, yeah, that's probably not the best move because uh, people here in the States love their manhunts. Oh, they do. Right. Like, um, that is yeah. You probably, <laughs> probably don't want to go to the country where like right. gun violence. Yeah. And hunting is like and right up there with like the national pastime. And make no mistake, there was no gun violence in that fifth in that 10, right. That That's what I'm saying. Bird. That so. was all stabbings. Like they're not going to survive well. 
I promise this isn't meant to be a joke, but they're literally bringing a knife to a gunfight if they they're are, trying to literally, like, run yes. across the border. 100%. Um, not to make light of like the situation. No, no, but that's... Um, yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, so terrible, terrible weekend here. Not a lot of good news floating around our province. Jeez, second, dude, you're not wor- second worst mass killing in Canadian history. Gotta be famous for something, bud. Apparently. It all started, one of their relatives had been arrested in connection with another murder, and that's kind of what set all this off. Yeah, I I thought I had a a crazy week (laughs) leading into the weekend, but dude, you got me beat. Uh, Yeah, everything for us has been super casual. We, uh, uh, my coworker and I landed a contract with a local business and we normally what takes like three weeks to do we had to knock out in the span of eight days and so the last week plus has just been like a sprint to get stuff done and so this weekend has just been like relaxing i've taken a nap almost like every day (laughs) like saturday sunday today like it's been uh it's been pretty nice so if you know get some chore in done in the meantime and pretty chill in my neck of the woods to be honest uh not to rub it in but speaking of other places that aren't very chill holy hell did we go scorched earth last night wow so here's what i want to start off by saying whenever the last time we talked about cm punk Mm -hmm. shooting on hangman we were like that's spectacularly shitty because he chose to do that like he waited mm-hmm. that was calculated mm-hmm. that was on purpose that that was a premeditated you know verbal yeah. murder mm-hmm. this is even worse so before we even get into what was what we're going to talk about no one asked him a question yep no one prompted him anything nope. he pro he like popped down with his uh non-alcoholic beer and just started going off given a very bad name to non-alcoholic beer i'm drinking one right now and it's quite <laughs> tasty and it does not encourage me to become a sociopath well, so non-alcoholic but... beers rise up they're good all right let's uh <laughs> let's get into it yeah so the wildest thing that starts it off yet nobody prompted this nobody asked him any questions punk came in looking to shoot like how he... insane is it that we're starting with the this is the thing i'm most upset about so all of this kind of happened for you and me at like what one in the morning? Like I, I was up till two a.m. reading dude, stuff about it. So we're talking about the press conference mm-hmm. instead of the yeah. pay per view, which had some um, amazing matches. So like one one to ten, where did you land on the pay per view? Um, because we'll we'll review it after we talk about all the drama and stuff. I'd, I'd give it a solid eight eight and a half. I really enjoyed it. Fun I was about seven funny. seven and yeah. a half. There's yeah. a ton of good stuff on it. Couple blips, one of which they couldn't do much about, and I get it. But like, yeah, it was a good, a good pay per view, and it's yeah, it's we'll an get afterthought. It. I know, that's wild. That's I'm so mad. All right, so uh, walk walk us through. All right, so Punk walks into the press conference, immediately pegs out the one uh, journalist who he knows has a connection to Colt Cabana, prods him into admitting it, tries to get him to admit to being friends with Cabana, and the guy just kind of fires back and goes. Well, no, we don't see eye to eye. I haven't talked to him in a long time. And he goes, right. oh, he says, right. are you friends yeah. with, uh, what's Cole Cabana's real name? Uh, Scott Colton. Scott Colton. He's yeah. like, are you friends with Scott Colton? And the guy's like, he kind of is like, uh, no. And no. he's like, yeah, that makes two of us. 
Yeah. And so he immediately goes off, tells the entire story from his side about what happened with Scott and the lawsuits and everything. I'm not really willing to do it the dignity of walking through that story because that's just one side and that's, and Cole got blindsided in public with that. So I'm not <clears throat> going to go through the actual story that Punk told about the lawsuit, but needless to say, he shot off hard on everything that happened with Scott, um, dr completely drug him through the mud and then decided he was going to go into business with the rest of them um, called Adam page, a, empty-headed, dumb, fuck, fucking moron multiple yep. times, talked about the EVPs being kids, and he was tired of working with... Can't even run children. a Target. Yeah. yeah, and how disrespectful. Running a Target cannot be easy. Shout out to the Target managers. Good on you. Keep going. As and someone who manages a business, rights, it's man, not like, easy. No, it's not an easy thing, so fuck you, punk. <laughs> but, um, yeah, buries the hell out of the EVPs and hangmen going off over and over. Tony is sitting right there, just like speechless. Like what in the hell do I do right now? Like this guy's blowing up my company right in front of me. These guys are literally my EVPs and you're eviscerating all of them in public and clearly premeditated. These reporters are not now all like terrified to ask anything. There's a 12 year old child in the room. Multiple. Who is just like, uh, like later on, like Tony Khan was just like, yeah. Hey, AJ, how old are yeah. you? He's like, ah, <laughs> okay. oh, I to ask my manager, don't kill me. Like, Dude. this was insane. Bad One of the guys was like, I've covered presidential debates and I'm more nervous right now. And he was not kidding. That was a tense atmosphere. And so they're all trying to ask Punk these relatively PG questions to try and not set him off anymore. He manages just to spin every single question into yeah, an opportunity. That, that part doesn't matter. He's going to use... Whatever you ask <clears> him, he's he was turning it gonna off. going to go off. Yeah, literally didn't matter. Tony's trying to answer random questions, and Punk interrupts to start burying them more and more. This goes on for probably a good 20 minutes. Like, this This was 10 times the length of the original pipe bomb. Yep. And then Punk leaves. And that's his interview. So there's one aspect of this. No one's really talking about it. But um, so uh, kind of our pay-per-view plans, we've got <clears throat> um, it's kind of a funny story. I don't know if I've shared it before, but um, I've been friends with someone since I was in high school. They basically worked at the comic shop that I would constantly go to and, and we were friends for the longest time. Um, my grandma died. And uh, so family was posting pictures and all that stuff. And I get a text message from him. He was like, are you related to, you know, my grandma's name? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, uh, my wife is your cousin. And so even like during the pandemic, I'd lost my grandma to stage four cancer and I couldn't say goodbye to her because of COVID. Hospital, yeah. And I gained like family that I had already loved. So anyway, so like our pay-per-view thing is like, we'll go over to their house. We'll have dinner. We'll hang out, um, basically just banter the whole time. Mm -hmm. And whenever something's happening, that's whenever we like focus, focus. Um, so my wife and I had gotten home. We're just kind of hanging out and I'm just like, dude, I'm wired. I, I can't, I can't, uh, I'm not going to be going to sleep anytime soon. So we're hanging out in the basement on the sectional, just chilling, just vibing. Oh, I got, I got a visitor running from the cat. Um, and you message me and you're <laughs> like, 
are you watching the press conference? <laughs> and I'm like, um, no, you know, I normally get to that like next mm-hmm. day, especially like for all out. I'm just like, I've got all day Monday. Yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it when I get to it. And you're like, uh, punk's going scorched earth. And so I'm like, okay. So I pull it up on YouTube. We're both watching slack job. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening. The line that we both picked up on that. No one's mentioning sitting next to Tony Khan after he's burying the EVPs mm-hmm. of the company talking about how stupid mm-hmm. they are and how unprofessional this company is, which is ironic. He says, I'm trying to run a business here. Yeah. I'm like my dude. Mm-hmm. So here's my, here, here are my theories. Um, and this might be a little bit of all three. Punk was concussed. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He got his bell wrong. Yeah. And Bro wrestling's um, hard. yeah, so, and he was just pissed off. He was planning on saying something, but not to this extent. Two. I think part of this is a work. Part of it. There's, we'll get to the Tony Khan part later. And I, I think I'll say for why I think part of this is a work whenever we get there. It turned out to be pretty rough later, but. I've got even more to add to that as it comes up here. My third thought is we can no longer have wrestlers with open mic time at a press conference on live TV unless like we immediately do damage control and mediation backstage. The young bucks and Kenny were supposed to be part of the press conference and they weren't. Tony Khan pulled them while he was at the press conference. We know that to be a fact. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about punk for now. We'll end up get we'll end up getting back to it, but I, I don't want to, you know, drop everything here, but um. I I even got like tagged by people online. They were like, so uh, you're a punk fan, right? And I'm just like, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you could be a fan of this dude right now, unless you're just ride or die. Yeah. So I've got, again, we'll get to it kind of when we get to the end of this, this scrum, but there's, there's a lot more that I found out after the fact, but let's get through the rest of the scrum first, because it does kind of feed into it. So after punk leaves, um, Swerve and Keith Lee come in, Theirs is definitely set up to be more of a kayfabe kind of press conference. That's pretty clear from the second they walk in with the suits and, and the yep. language and everything. That that one was very clearly a work. Um, the reporters were definitely still rattled and tried to ask some shoot questions. And there was a little bit of frustration there because it was like Swerve and Lee were clearly trying to be Swerve and Keith Lee, not not themselves. And getting asked, like, do you think you should have called about Audible and lost tonight? Like... What do you think they're going to say to that? Yeah. But other than that, pretty uneventful, uh, uneventful one. They kind of pump themselves up in a good promo type way. And it's the thing that, uh, that I do have to mention that happens in this one, because this is going to come and become very important later during one of the questions. If you get the right camera angle and you can find it, there is a security guard absolutely hauling ass out of. He's trucking it. He is fucking moving. 
Like there is no chill in this guy. He does not stop to acknowledge anybody. To, he is just gone. So like, and he's in, in the room. Yeah, and it catches everyone's attention. Yeah, everybody notices. So in put CM, a pin in that. In CM Punk's words, we'll circle back to that. But that's basically the Swerve and Lee one. Uh, Tony Storm's next. Well, there was a part of theirs. So towards the end, Tony Khan, whether this was actually on the fly or not, yeah. it seemed pretty casual. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, credit to them. Um, they kept mentioning the acclaimed. And yeah. Tony Khan was basically like, well, we'll, uh, we'll do a rematch sometime Grand soon. Slam, yeah. Arthur Ash. He literally said that. But oh, he did said he? It Arthur <laughs> yeah. No, he said so, at Grand Slam. That sounds like a great yeah. match. Winning his tag and... team against the champs. <laughs> See, that's that's how much of a whirlwind this is. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm so like, I'm scrolling Twitter while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for the save. But Swerve says, "Hey, man, you're the boss. I'll do whatever you want, but um, I can't guarantee that no one's going to get hurt." And Keith Lee's like, "Hey, whoa, whoa yeah, that's, I don't want any that's him that. saying that, <laughs> not me. I'm I'm down to wrestle. I'm a wrestler." Yeah. Um. So I thought. So yeah, basically everyone at the presser. Well, we'll get to that. But larger point, in some way or another, everyone at the press conference was shooting, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. So the next one comes when uh, Tony Storm comes in. Uh, most of hers is pretty un- uneventful. Talks about a lot of people she'd like to wrestle with. Puts over a huge amount of the rock locker room. But... <laughs> Forgets Serena Deeb. Yeah. Who's, she's probably working next and Tony Khan was like, uh, what about Serena Deeb? And Tony yeah. Storm was like, oh yeah, I forgot about her. Yeah, she's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, you're in the moment. It's easy to forget. It's an adorably funny mistake. No, but, yeah. uh, but Tony does say, so they are talking about the interim thing. So Thunder Rosa says she's hurt. Fine, we won't fight for the belt right now. When she says she's not hurt, she can come back and lose to me then. And that's the end of that. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. Tony Khan was like, yep, that's definitely a statement. I think Tony Khan was like, yep, that's the plan. Dude, I, uh, yeah. But that was, that was all of Tony's other. And all of this, right. Yeah. That was, that was all Tony storm. Um, and she's, I hope she gets more mic time. Mm -hmm. I feel like she hasn't really gotten the chance to do Mm -hmm. that. I'm guessing she's going to be women's champ for a while. It seems like they don't like doing short women's championship runs. And so, like, the next logical one is Hater, and she's got to go with a huge feud with Brit first. That's probably going to last like six months. Well, so. yeah, we'll, we'll and we'll get to that yeah. whenever we start breaking down the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think we can move on from her. All right, not like like in the press. No, no. it's not yeah. like yeah, <laughs> we're done so, with Tony Storm already. Next up, Jericho comes in. Um, this is my favorite one. His is like a hundred percent shoot. Like he's not. Lionheart Chris Jericho or JAS Jericho. He's just Chris Jericho talking about the business. Um, someone asked him about the meeting and he says kind of the things he talked about was not having leaks to the media and closing those doors and the dangers of going into business for yourself and saying the wrong thing on TV and getting everybody shit canned and driving that point home. And he, Or you just say something and it upsets the wrong person. Well, exactly. And, he, said, yeah. he said like using the word pussy or something and you piss the wrong person off. Like you got to be really careful with what you say. Talked to, talked a lot about that. 
talked about how uh, Moxley came up with the idea for him to come in as Lionheart for those couple matches, which was sick. Uh, talked about MJF's return and telling MJF, like, you're going to be back as a babyface, whether you like it or not. And which was really interesting because that does give insight to, like, that's something we talked about. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, he's going to come back at either Arthur Ashe or All yeah. Out, and the crowd is going to lose their minds. And, and he's he's going to have his work cut out for him if he's going to try to get the crowd to hate him. And we're going to have a lot more to say there... on that when we get to that part of the show for sure. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. I don't want to do that now. Um, that, that we're putting was... a lot of pins in a lot of things. But we kind of have last, to. Last night was crazy. It was dude. absolutely crazy. There's a lot to keep track of. So that that covers the majority of what Jericho talked about. I don't think he really said anything else revolutionary in there outside of you know, he loves wrestling and he loved wrestling Danielson because it was just really old school. And they just did it all yeah. on the fly and called nothing. But at the very end, when Jericho's walking out, he uh, he whispers a bit to Tony Khan. You can't hear much, but all you can actually make out is he goes, some shit went down. And TK says, meet me in my office later. He goes, yeah, OK, I got you. Yep. So that was that was the big tip off. And again, we'll circle back to that because I got a lot more info on that but we still have one more person in the press conference to go. Anything else you want to add on Jericho's? No, like I said, his was the most entertaining Mm -hmm. to listen to. Um, His is what I wish they all were like. So the thing that he said that stood out to me a lot, one was what he said in the meeting, which he was like immediately was like not listened to. Um, The whole thing of like, making sure you don't make enemies. Mm-hmm. And he also talked, he spent, he spent time talking about how special of mm-hmm. a place AEW is. And he's like, don't fuck this up for everybody. This place is so special. And like, we started off, what was it? All friends wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a bad thing. Like everything was great. And unfortunately we've, we've lost that and we'll get to it in a bit, but I think part of it's on purpose which is an incredibly dangerous game. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, I I can always listen to Jericho talk. Mm-hmm. And I think um, on the AEW podcast, if it was just some version of like Tony Schiavone and Jericho talking to different people, mm-hmm. I think that would be a total blast. Um, Brought to you by Omaha Steaks, of course. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and so even though like I was really worried that uh, – Chris Jericho was going to go down the Joe Rogan path with his podcast. Jericho's relatively harmless. Like yeah. he, he never says anything spectacularly shitty. No. Like, even though his wife is a January sixther, he never really gets into politics. Yeah. He's into spooky supernatural stuff and rock and roll and wrestling. And it's like, a, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's, inoffensive. All things considered. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm as time goes on, I'm only becoming a bigger and bigger Jericho fan. Absolutely. If this this just solidified the ghost status over everything, like if we needed any more evidence to support that. But, well, uh, and I think I think the fact that with as much stuff that's going on backstage now, to actually have a veteran like mm-hmm. him, honestly, I would like to hear more stories of like Sting mm-hmm. being like, "Hey, knock this shit off." Um, there's veterans back there. Like, mm-hmm. where's Paul White? Uh, but that's I, a very not, literal question because I'm not actually yeah, sure right yeah. now. We haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> um, but like you know, guys who are veterans, mm-hmm. like um, Mark Henry. Wow, <laughs> he might um, be the toxic half, but he's there. 
but the thing that really kind of upset me whenever punk was talking about uh, you know like all these little dipshits mm-hmm. that don't want to talk to veterans i'm like you're being a toxic veteran right mm-hmm. now like well sorry but like your job is to like help people mm-hmm. and you're just making things actively worse so i mean that's really all i've got on that um i'm a big fan of jericho's and yeah it's right. it's sad so, give me one second i've got to wrangle the dog and uh okay so I'm talk gonna... about the tony khan stuff and i'll all be right. right back so while jake has gone before i even get to the tony khan stuff i'm going to issue a small update on my saskatchewan story so i have now received my seventh update one of the two people responsible for the mass shooting has been located deceased so one of them is dead the other is still at large um they're saying likely injured and seeking medical attention um no word on how the one killer was deceased yet but that is update number seven still no further information on the one that used a gun but out of the two stabbers one is now deceased so i did not even get to tony khan yet i was filling it oh yeah no i heard i heard so that's that's my other wild news things just keep things change on the fly here we'll do it live (laughs) uh, tk so it's now down to just tk i don't remember all the questions they ask him but uh couple of things the brand the brandon thurston one was probably the most important um which one was his is probably the one i'm thinking of but i wasn't paying attention to who asked what so so brandon thurston who is the uh, the new the new host of wrestlenomics he took over for mookie ghana chris harrington who works for aew (laughs) um as two people who genuinely love the Mm -hmm. business of professional wrestling wrestlenomics is an important resource like if you're anywhere interested in that they do so much work on just graphs like there's no bias everything is just like here are the facts um he asked the question about just how the pay-per-view was doing Mm -hmm. and tony khan answered his question um saying that this was going to be like financially the best pay-per-view that they've ever done just Mm -hmm. international bias things like Mm -hmm. that and it would that so the money will surpass last year's all out, but yeah. the pay-per-view buys won't, yeah. uh, which I found was really interesting. And no, no one really followed up on that because Tony Khan immediately was just like, and um, you know, this weekend I felt like Crockett because there were two other shows this weekend for the first time ever. And uh, I'm not going to fucking mess around. I've got more money and I don't appreciate that stuff. And I will fight back. And so I was like, okay, so expect a stadium show mm-hmm. in Chicago next year. Mm-hmm. I I would I would Absolutely. put money 100%. put money down that they're gonna run like Soldier Field. Yeah, I, the UK plans are probably getting in, put into fast forward as we speak too. Yeah, but uh, the other question that Tony got asked that uh, we kind of circle back to here was talking about all of the the drama in the locker room and. You know, they specifically mentioned, you know, you had Punk come out here and he kind of eviscerated your EVPs and like, how do you manage this? And Tony basically said, yeah, you know, it's obviously a difficult situation. Not everybody's going to get along. I don't think that's a bad thing because look at the product we're putting out. If we have some people that can't get along, that's totally fine. Look at the wrestling that's going out. It's better than ever. So everything's kind of fine. And that is a really dangerous game to play and one that is blowing up and i've caught more later on that but that's kind of where his 
his head was at. That was the thing that caught my attention because it was, so we're not really doing it justice. Go out of your way. Definitely listen to the punk stuff. I I think the Jericho stuff's entertaining. Yeah. And then um, I think it was Denise Salcedo has her own. Yeah. uh, She works for a couple of those. those Who gives a shit? I'm not a fan. Um, (laughs) So. The thing that really got my attention was the way that he said it made it sound like the edict from him is for people to shoot on each other. And I don't know how long that's been. Again, this is, Mm -hmm. this is a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've got a pretty good track record on this podcast of just like, (laughs) I, I feel like my guts right more times than not. And I think Tony's playing a really dangerous game, having people shoot on each other. And he's just saying like, go out there and be real. And dude, like I said, every single person that talked tonight had some element mm-hmm. of like shooting on someone else, uh, except for Jericho. Yeah. I guess if you want to call praising people shooting, then yeah, he shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I like, like my every- opponents. But I'm just saying like everyone yeah. was talking shit except mm-hmm. for Jericho. Um, and I think he was trying to lead by example. Mm-hmm. And dude, I I don't know. I think we're in really dangerous territory because um, this is going to make me sound like a total dork. But as I was hearing punk talk, like my stomach dropped, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I I felt genuinely sad and it bummed me out because this thing that I love, uh, whether on purpose or not, is um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I liked I liked the fun times. I liked the drama in the match, not the drama outside. And we're in this point in culture where I don't think you can put that genie back in the bottle, especially if this is an edict from Tony Khan, where it's just like, hey, like because we know now for an absolute fact that all of the MJF stuff was a work. And so if Punk, the greatest shooter of all time, Tony Khan was like, go out there and shoot this is really dangerous territory. So I think all of the Colt Cabana stuff was a shoot. I think the elite stuff was kind of, uh, I wouldn't, what I'm saying is I wouldn't be shocked at full gear. If we get a trios match between the bucks and Kenny and Omega FTR, and FTR. Yeah. And that's a big enough match where you can main event with it. And especially with all the buzz that's going on. I, that's just where I'm at. I can't write anything off. Even with the thing that we're about to talk about, none of us know how real it is because mm-hmm. there's, there's no video. We don't know the severity of it. Uh, there's multiple reports saying different things. I, I don't know. Um, part of me loves it, but another part of me is just like, this is really weird territory to go in, especially after a pay-per-view. Like if you do this at like a dynamite or something like that, that's extremely different. But I don't know if like this story coming out increases the buy rate for people that didn't buy all out, you know, like are people just going to be like, oh man, I guess I need to watch this pay-per-view. But what do I know? So it's, it's really hard to come on here and say anything definitive because we don't know. We don't. What I can say now is the stuff that I've read. Some of it might be true, some of it might be false. All of it might be true, all of it might be false. 
Um, in full transparency, there's about three places it's coming from. One is obviously Sean Ross Sap stuff. The other is going to be Meltzer stuff. And the third is a guy who actually posts a lot on the Meltzer forums. Um, he 100% knows a few people because he has broken some things even before like Meltzer and SRS did. Like he was where I learned Dakota Kai was coming back before any news outlets broke it. He had broken that. So but there is a track record. And he himself said to like, take all this with a grain of salt. This is just what I've been told. And wrestlers lie. That's how the business fucking works. So yeah. all of this could be a load of bullshit. But yep. here is all the info I've gotten at this point. So the reason Punk was so pissed at the Bucks was because he thought they were the ones leaking the stuff about Cabana getting fired and about Punk being the one to get Cabana fired and all that. So that was his big thing that he hated about the Bucks was he thought they were running to the media. There are rumors floating around that they have been talking to some, I mean, they've obviously been talking to some media. That's kind of part of what they do, but like no shit. But like there are rumors that they've been in talks with uh, with Triple H a bit. Those seem less likely, but that is one of the rumors that's floating around. There's there's nothing to back that story up. Literally nothing. No, but like it is that is floating around. The one that I've seen is uh, so someone said that was reported by Sean Rassap. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. And I think it's WWE fans, like you know, probably like pigs and shit rolling around in this and just saying things. But what is being reported by quite a few people now is an, an actual fight after and that's what the security guard was running through. And the people that are said to be involved in the fight are Kenny and the Bucks, Ace Steel and Punk. Um, there's been quite a few sources reporting on this now and the story is Punk threw the first shots, um, got at least one in on one of the Bucks. Punk may have actually gotten a little bit hurt himself in it. Ace Steel... Uh, the wildest one I've heard, and this is total speculation and probably bullshit, the wildest one is that he bit Kenny. Um, I would assume if like Kenny had him in a headlock or something because he didn't know how to get out of it. Because Which, for anyone, duck, push the elbow and go. It's not that difficult. But... Which is wild <laughs> because I've, I've even heard that Kenny wasn't there. I've heard Kenny, I've heard it was just Punk in the box. I've heard all those combinations. The most recent one that just got posted to uh, the Wrestling Observer page is that... Uh, Punk started by swinging at Matt. Um, Steel ended up throwing a chair that caught Nick Jackson in the eye, which would be absolutely wild. Um, obviously, this is all unconfirmed right now, but that's that's the story going around. And there's, I was there's say between dropping an f bomb on TV and then hitting an EVP, not a great week with the chair. A Steel might be gone if 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 that backstage thing if happened, true he has to be gone immediately. There's no there's no second chance on that. The F-bomb he donated is fine to charity, whatever. That's a good thing. But you literally throw a chair at somebody. So the thing that I had heard that I haven't really gotten anyone to back it up was that Nick got knocked out. I've heard that too. Um, so the two variations I've heard are that Nick got knocked out or that Nick took a chair to the eye. It's possible yeah. the chair to the eye did knock him out depending on how it hit him and how hard it hit him. But I've absolutely heard that Nick got knocked out as well. Um if there's anything else I'm really missing here, so so really quick, mm -hmm. I don't think the Bucks were telling the media anything out of turn. So the only thing that I've heard reported about the Bucks 
-hmm. in this situation is that they found out that Cole Cabana wasn't going to get re-signed and they went to bat for him and said, well, why can't he just have an ROH contract? And Tony Khan was like, yeah, that's fine. That's literally all I've heard about them. Mm -hmm. And this isn't me being a homer because I'm a huge Bucks fan, but like literally like that, how much of this would have gotten solved if a year ago Punk handled himself professionally during his section of the press conference and said, listen, there's been some talk out there. Cole Cabana works here. I work here. We don't get along, but we also like don't hate each other. And we've, we've like, nothing else is going to happen. We're not going to make an angle out of it. Like you can squash this. Like all the stuff that punk said about Cabana was like extremely personal, especially like I, like he shares a bank, bank account, account with, with his, his mom. mom and my my wife and I were like talking about that. I'm like, we see that all the time in healthcare mm-hmm. for someone who like has to take care of yeah, that's parent. not an uncommon thing. Or even like they're just not good at online stuff and yeah. he's helping her out. Like, and it's so if they're if they're going after each other and that account like is going to like get money taken from it, that's and put and like Cabana drew the line there, like, hey, don't mess with my mom. And Punk just called him a piece of shit. And like talked about his character for that. I'm like, dude, this is this is bad. He let this fester for a year. There's there's no way to spin this. He could have put an end to all of this the night he came in. He could have done this at United. He could have done this at All Out. He could have done this after the presser whenever he beat Hangman for the title. He could have aired all this out. Okay, so I've got two more tidbits to add because I found the other posts that revealed a few things. So where the WWE rumor came from was the actual stuff that had gotten told was significant AEW talent was sniffing around a place they shouldn't be and trying to connect with people they probably shouldn't be trying to connect with. From there, the leap was made that it was the Bucks and WWE. No evidence to support that, but that's where that leap came from on that one wild rumor. Yep. Um, the other thing going back to, uh, and I just rewatched Cody Rhodes promo where he did the (laughs) final, like his version of the pipe bomb to set up the ladder. What do you guys want to talk about? Yeah. So the one thing that came up here, and this was the thing where this guy said, I'm never going to tell the whole story until someone else does. But basically there's a lot more than just Cody's contract expiring and, um, the words that were used were acted like a fucking snake during his time as an EVP. And that may have something to do with why Tony's still really hot about, uh, about contract tampering. So there yeah. may be some more smoke there. We may never know exactly what it is, but uh, the person that's talking about that, that's the one thing that he's like sure of and not saying this is an if and or, but like, no, he said, Cody was acting like a fucking snake and this guy doesn't really lie very much if at all. So, so there's, there's some smoke to that fire. The thing about that is wrestlers talk mm-hmm. like they're all friends with each mm-hmm. other. And whenever like someone just says like, Oh, it would be cool to wrestle with each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, that gets back to their boss and their boss puts out feelers. I mean, is that tampering? Yes. But like, I can see where that comes from. So it's not necessarily anyone being sneaky unless like, the promoter reaching out to an uh, someone contracted elsewhere is spectacularly shitty, but yeah, wrestlers are gonna talk. 
And I wouldn't be shocked if Cody's trying to steal people. In the same way that I wouldn't be shocked if people in AEW were trying to steal people. Absolutely. Oh, and we have one more final update before we move on. This just got posted to Fightful. Man, this is a breaking news kind of podcast. But it's three live updates while we're going. I'll have to make sure to post it tonight. Right? <laughs> It'll be outdated by the time it goes up. So, the thing about Nick Jackson being Nick Jackson being rocked or knocked out, um, it is they are saying it is because of the chair. So whether he was actually knocked out or just rocked, it came from the chair shot. Um, Omega and Steel had tussled. Uh, Steel biting Omega. A lot of cursing, a lot of mayhem, a lot of people not willing to hash it out. One of the coaches very torn up. Many think there's going to be a lot of legal, severe legal ramifications to this. Like there might be some charges pressed for some of this stuff. Um, Punk started the fight by swinging at Matt. Um, Several people tried to de-escalate. Chris Daniels and Pat Buck may have had to get involved at some point, like trying to pull people apart. No one's confirmed that, but lots of people tried to pull it apart. And that is, that's currently what we know. Could you imagine poor Dean Malenko trying to get... All right. So So the odds of this being a work has gone down dramatically. Significantly, yep. Could there still be a match? Absolutely. Absolutely, because it's wrestling. Um, People can put their differences aside and work together. That's nothing new. That's like the tale as old as time with wrestling. Um. The thing that's really interesting to me is like where we go from here. I think it's fully on the table that Punk is off TV until mm-hmm. he shows up at Arthur Ashe, loses, and leaves. Yeah, I would be. That would be a uh, maybe the outcome that that has to happen. I mean, you want to talk unprofessional? They aren't just wrestlers; they are EVPs. They literally have seniority over you in that company. You can't go physically fighting them. That's not how business works. And there's been bad blood between the two mm-hmm. because, you know, the Bucks have been trying to get Punk involved for the longest time. Yeah. And he kept blowing them off, mm-hmm. treating them like children. Mm-hmm. And now he's literally, literally like calling them out for being children. And I'm like, man, this dude is so in the wrong. And I think the people, I, I mean, I don't know. Does this mean you can't run Chicago as often because all the fans are going to be chanting CM Punk? Honestly, every, I think they're going to turn on him. I think you're going to start hearing Colt Cabana chants. Fucking fingers crossed. Well, there was. There was. Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely thinking of trying to start one in Toronto when I go. Punk shows up there. If he's still there. <laughs> if he's still there. Colt Cabana, let's go. Might even wear a boom boom shirt. Who knows? <laughs> I had to make myself feel better, so I went back and rewatched Toriyano versus Colt Cabana from Ring of Honor and had a delightful time watching That's like the Southern. only Toriyano match that I've It's the best comedy match in history. It is. It's objectively the best comedy match. How yeah. can you beat it? They Toru sold his DVD for no, $20 I get it. to a fan. I'm not fighting you on this. Joke, yeah. joke, joke. Don't get mad at me. Oh, I, get I love it. it. Anyways, somewhere in all this mess, there was a pay-per-view and a pretty damn good one. <laughs> so, Zero Hour. Going back to Zero Hour. Going back to the all-in name. So, which I love. Um, I think it would be rad if every pre-show had its own, its own distinct name. Yeah. name. We talked about this last time, and you still yeah. haven't given me two names for Full Gear and Revolution, and I'm waiting. Full Gear. <laughs> um, huh. I'll have to get back to you for that one. How about this? For the pay-per-view preview, I'll, I'll have names. Okay. Uh, my thoughts on... <laughs> 
are a little scattered right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not the most, probably in the best creative spot. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what, uh, off the top of my head, I'll give you one. Uh, yeah, what yeah, if we do, um, um, lubing up the motor is the, the pre-show <laughs> for full gear. I just, I had one for full gear last time and I've forgotten what I came up with. It wasn't good, but like it was passable. If you couldn't come up with anything better, you could use it. It'd be fine. <laughs> Which, by the way, like the promo for the, because uh, the next pay-per-view is in Newark. Yeah. It like very industrial revolution. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we were running late. So I missed the mixed tag team match, okay. which I'm never going to go back and watch because I've already seen that match twice. And I'm not going to watch this version of it. All you I did watch. see the, okay, I saw the saw clip, clip where I thought Ruby Soho's career was over. Mm-hmm. Um, so really bad job out of Sammy on that one. That was all his fault. Literally dropped her on her fucking head. Yeah. She um, could have been paralyzed. 100%. And then uh, Ty broke her nose on the Ty KO at the end of the match. Which will happen. Happens. You could hear it crack so freaking yeah, loud, so man. That was, as soon as you heard it, you were like, Oh, that is not good. That's not a thigh slap. That's a nose break. Um, so I came. Uh, Kip and Pack was next. Did you see that? No, it was Hook and Angelo Parker. Okay, so uh, we caught the tail end of the match. So it was like as it was, which is crazy because it was like a three minute match. Um, so we came, I think, just towards the end. Hook won. Um, Matt Bernard came down. And then Action Bronson, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, Action Bronson's all elite. Let's go." Yeah. Um. And sick. then, then we did. Uh. So I might go back and watch that one just because I like yeah. Hook. Um. Pack defeated Kip Sabian in like ten minutes. It was. It wasn't half bad. Uh, Kip did a good job working to the crowd and getting them into it. Uh, I thought it was fine. It was like a three star match. Yeah, he's definitely adjusted his move set a bit. So I mean, I still don't think he's going to be a twenty minute guy, but. He's committed to a gimmick and he's changed things up a bit. So I'm along for the ride. Let's see what he I does. mean, I'll take 10 minutes of Kip Sabian Absolutely. more than 15 minutes. Um, 10 minutes was fine. It was a good length for him. Uh, different dynamic to the match. He's clearly going somewhere now that he got mad at his box after the match. It's going to be right. a little weird, but there's a plan in place. And that's that's all I care about. So I was I was pretty happy with that. Um, next up, we have Eddie Kingston defeating Tomohiro Ishii. I really liked it. Um, I, I, I could go four and change yeah, four is the floor I think for I went, me. I think I went four flat on it. Um, the spot that I really enjoyed was the botch. I can't remember like what, what led into it, but Eddie Kingston recovered so quickly, uh, and he fake sold an injury and then quote unquote tricked Ishii yeah. a roll up attempt or, or yeah. like a move or something like that. I thought that that was really good. That was, that was a really good save. Um, and that's me praising Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. So that says something. Yeah. Or she is chest looking. It looked like Cody at Hell in a Cell. It was so red and purple by the end. <laughs> See his veins purpling up. It was nasty. Took a beating. And then we get to the main show. Yeah, then um, we get to the main show. We kick it off with the ladder match, right? So you were really big on the finish to the ladder match. I was, because I wasn't digging the ladder match as a whole. It was very Really? Much... I was like, I, I went four plus on that. I don't know. It was just, it felt, 
you know your complaints sometimes with like six man tags and that or tri- or three way squares or triangle matches where people are just <laughs> waiting around for spots that's kind of how i felt in this ladder match it was just a little too much waiting for each spot and you knew it wasn't going to well, end until the joker showed up so i liked that they tried whenever there's whenever there's so many luchadors in a oh, match oh yeah that's it's going be. to happen absolutely like, just especially because you're setting up spot after spot after yeah. spot that said i thought the camera work was excellent because mm-hmm. all of that just it it yeah, the cameras worked. were on point. Um, so it to start the match was Wheeler and Phoenix, which yeah. I was like, dude, just give me that match. Uh, that would be spectacular. Then Roosh came out. Mm-hmm. I don't have the order written down, so I want to see if I can do this from memory. So it was Roosh and then Andrade, and then it was Claudio, mm-hmm. and then Dante, and then Penta, right? So there were some really good spots. Uh, fortunately, Phoenix didn't get hurt. No. He that went, we know he, of. He looked pretty conservative. I think he made it fine. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of people in black mm-hmm. come down and just start, like, destroying people. Yeah. And, oh, shocker to absolutely no one, um, Penta did a really sick Canadian destroyer onto a ladder. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I was just like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's the Penta spot. He's, he's got to do yeah. something crazy with a Canadian destroyer. Um, so a bunch of people run down and, and, you know, masks and all that and start beating people down. Um, and then someone climbs up and grabs the chip before the Joker comes out and everyone's like, what's going yeah. on? Uh, the Rolling Stones play, which I was like, whoa, that is some big money. Not just That's any Rolling Stones. Big song. money. Sympathy for the devil. Yeah, it's good. Foreshadowing. So I mean, like it felt pretty obvious where we're going. Oh yeah. Matt, a masked person comes down. Everyone else takes off their masks. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Stokely Hathaway. Yeah. So okay, let me see if I can remember like, this. Yeah. So it was Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, mm-hmm. the Ass Boys, mm-hmm. and Test. Yep, you got it. That's a weird stable. I'm curious how much of a stable it's going to be or just people MJF paid off to help him win a ladder match. <laughs> the only part of the only part of that group I don't like are the guns. Because like whenever they have a match, I'm never like, yeah, the guns, <laughs> especially without their dad. I'm just kind of like, they're just they're dudes. That's a dark team. Um, yeah, so that that part of it doesn't really do anything for me, but I th- I think the rest of it it kind of works in a weird like New Japan way, mm-hmm. where you can like ha- have different matches and it's like mm-hmm. Ethan Page is fine if he's the new Sean Spears, that's an upgrade. Lee Moriarty as you know kind of like the junior wrestler of the group, then you've got Test to inevitably go up against Wardlow again. Again, like, yep. <laughs> let's go. And then, you know, Stokely Hathaway as the mouthpiece for mm-hmm. MJF. Uh, had tweeted out a picture with Stokely back in April and deleted it. I know. So, you know. Um, I think that's going to be really good. So in 14 minutes. So you like the finish. I do. And it's didn't different. like the match. I liked the match I didn't like and the hated the finish. <laughs> so I'm like, we are two. We're like totally separate on this. Um I just the my theme with this show is 
I hated the pacing. I felt like the card order was wrong. Wrong. It was wrong. Uh, and it, I think it kind of killed the crowd and it was a weird vibe, but you know, I was hanging out with friends, so I didn't really notice the crowd too awfully much. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll move on. Uh, next up, we've got the, uh, the debuting trios titles, mm-hmm. the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, Nick Jackson defeated the dark order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver and Adam page in 19 minutes, 51 seconds. Um, I thought this was the match of the show. This was my match of the night by a country mile. I'm not going to say by a country mile because that tag match was incredible too. But this was the match of the show. Oh. Country mile seems tough. Clear match. Yeah. Of the show, okay. Yes. All, right, all right. But it is the clear yeah, match right. of the show. Like I don't I will, think there was any debate. I will. I will walk that back. <laughs> um, I actually think there would be more debate if the other team won. But we'll Absolutely. get to that in a bit. Hundred yeah, percent. Um, but yeah, this was everything we wanted it to be. Um, Honestly, the B- it was better. They got an Alex Reynolds chat going, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Where it's just it. like it was amazing. It's one thing to do the elite and hangman mm-hmm. story. It's another thing to add the Beaver Boys to it and like make Matter. people like right and make people like genuinely care because and those two there is go. the uh yeah they're they're they're, they're a really good mid card team mm-hmm. um. And I definitely think that they over-delivered here. Um, the finish was a little chaotic. I, I I probably would have liked it to end clean instead of Hangman accidentally hitting the buckshot on his own mm-hmm. partner. Um, but I, I really that, can't. I really can't complain. Yeah, I think that's going to play into Hangman. It will. It will. Like I get it, but yeah, I, I that's what I'm saying. Too. So it's like I can't be upset with it yeah. because this will be a thing. So, I get it. Yeah, I um I went a full five on this one. <laughs> really? Yep. Huh. Let me think about it. I um I think I'm gonna go four and a half. I'm a coward. <laughs> um there was there was a lot of stuff to like here. And I didn't really dislike anything. It's just gut feeling I have a hard time. Like if, if my if my immediate reaction isn't five. I have a hard time talking myself into five. Oh, and that's that's supposed to be the rule, right? If you have to ask, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't five. That's the golden rule. I didn't have yeah. to ask myself. <laughs> For me, it was a clear five. <laughs> I, I'm really glad we got this trios match instead of Bucks FTR. Absolutely, at the pay per view, hundred percent. So, a little bit of revisionist history. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we ended up here. Yeah, this was the right path to go. Um, that match delivered. Next up, probably my least favorite match on the show. I uh, forget the order now. I hope you got it. <laughs> for the TBS title, Jade Cargill defeated Athena. Oh, this yeah, match? This, this okay, sucked. let's play a game. How long? What was the match time on this match? Price is right rules. You can't go over. Okay. Uh, six minutes, 30 seconds. Four minutes. Ah! 21 seconds. Give me one second. Okay. Sorry. Um, Four minutes, 21 seconds. And that also had like two weird finishes in it. Yep. Because there was an order where it looked like Athena was about to win. And then the baddies broke up the pin. Mm-hmm. And that was, dude, they waited they so it. long. They completely it was bad. watched it. And then Jade hit her. It was like a, uh, a spear and something else i can't remember yeah and i thought that that was the match but then like 
I'm not kidding. This felt like it went on forever. And this was finally the match where I was just like, ah, I think we need to like really have a conversation about Jade's in-ring skill because if she's going to continue to hold this title for a long time, thankfully there's, there's two women singles titles. So there's less pressure, but dude, I'm, I'm kind of over with, you know, watching Jade do the same match whenever, whenever you have a four minute match and it felt like it went on twice as long as it should have. That's really hard. And we're, we're kind of apologists for the Jade push. I, and I've been pretty big on Athena too, coming into AEW. Yeah. So it, it makes me very sad to say it, but it was, it was not a good match. It I think, I think Athena and Cargill, I, I, I don't even know what I would, how I would book them moving forward. Yeah. Unless you do a rematch, which uh, well, I guess better. you can do that in maybe two minutes and, and 10 seconds and see where that goes from there. But yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm done saying good things about the, uh, the Jade push for now until she tough, does something. We're going to be in a tough spot with it. Yep. I, I don't really know what's next. Um, uh, so what was I, next? I don't remember. the order. <laughs> <laughs> So next on the show, um, six man tag, the second of three. FTR and Wardlow okay. defeated Jay Lethal in the Motor City Machine Guns. I thought that this was fine. Yeah. This was like, um, this was a Rampage opening match. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, that was fine. Or even the main event where it was just like, oh, I'll stick around and watch the, the whole show just to see this. Um, it was good. Yeah. I thought it was a good use of everybody. Um, I know people are really, it's a, the talking point with FTR is the fact that the Bucks are burying them for not giving them the tag titles, which is not true. We've, I think we even talked about this last Mm -hmm. week, like on the record, the plan has always been for FTR to get like a really big push Mm -hmm. and the bucks have gone to bat for them. I will not, I will not tolerate buck slander on this pod. I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, And then the, the beat with Wardlow that I've actually had to, you know, kind of talk and have real conversations with people is that, he's not on the show every single week. And honestly, I don't know if he needs to be. Have you heard the reactions that he gets? Oh yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like rampage dynamite, even on dark, like people are like, Oh, Oh, it's Wardlow. Yeah, let's go. He's filling Um, that that attraction slot that they always talk about. Right. And I think it's be careful what you wish for, because it's the same thing with Jade where it's just Mm -hmm. like, but Wardlow's like not as green. No, like that was the ironic thing where Jade was dressed as She-Hulk, and I'm like, that is that's funny given how green she is. That's uh and how bad that movie was. That's good. Uh sir, that is a TV show. I don't know, I haven't watched it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either. I've just heard terrible things. We we have Disney Plus, but it's basically my Simpsons machine. Yep. Um and Malcolm in the Middle. Don't forget Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> How could I forget? I don't know. Um, fucking bury you at the next press conference. <laughs> this motherfucker fucking hates Frankie Muniz. He thinks Frankie Muniz deserves his illness. Oh shit! Jake is the worst. Um, Kill this man. Speaking but anyway, of bad segues. Um, Dax's daughter got to come out and have her moment and break Sanjay's pencil, and then. I forget who clocked him out and she pins him for the three count. It's cute. And she gets Did you see the, the tweet that I posted in chat where it said that um, so Dax's daughter was the third child to get yeah. a pinfall victory <laughs> and it was, uh, who was it? The kid dressed as Orange, Orange Cassidy, Cassidy 
her and And Jonathan Gresham. Let's go be the fourth. Didn't they do a fake one with Brody Jr. too at one point? I think that they was untelevised, but okay, they they did do something like that with them, right? Yeah. They had to. Have. But I was like, that tweet yeah, was that so good because it showed the picture oh of the Orange God, Cassidy kid, so Dax's daughter, funny. and then Jonathan Gresham, and I was like, whoa, that's yeah, absolutely hilarious. Fuck that guy. Um, um, I like the machine guns here. Jay yeah. Lethal was probably the best I've seen him in AEW so far. Uh, he filled the role really well, mm-hmm. and I hope I. I hope we get more machine guns, but the tag division in AEW is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it was Joe Lanz on Voices of Wrestling was talking about um, now that Bobby Fish is officially done. Okay, again, Price is Right rules. How many Red Dragon matches, like two v two, were there in the one year that Bobby Fish was contracted? Two. Damn it. It's exactly two. Yes. <laughs> so we never got like the, the dream matches we no, wanted. We, got we never nothing. got. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge bummer. They would have and, to keep them for dude, a while because Kyle just went in for neck surgery. Right. Yeah. Like Kyle's hurt. There was a time where Bobby was hurt. There, yeah. They were like even work injuries. Like that is what it is. Dude, someone, someone pointed out on Twitter. I thought it was hilarious. Just the last note on Bobby Fish. Someone said, uh, it's really funny that CM Punk decided to talk shit now that Bobby Fish is out of the locker room. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, you're not kidding. But yeah, that trios match was really good. I, I'm i not a fan of the Dax and his daughter stuff. I mean, I get it. It's just not for me. It was pro- So it was probably a way to keep him happy and keep him yeah. in. Because the other rumor going around is that FTR has asked multiple times to get out because they're pissy with the Bucks and they're on Punk's side with everything. And we know they're on Punk's side. That's not a secret. Um and there's been fairly credible things that they're even trying to get lawyers in this weekend to try and help them get out. So I think the Dax girl thing was just a way to smooth things over with them and be like, we're not fucking burying you. We just can't do that match right now. Like, Which is insane. Kids. You have all our other titles. Tony like, Khan has built two ROH pay-per-views mm-hmm, around, around them, them. in they the main event spot. They main evented a pay-per-view before the Bucks did under the Tony Khan reign. The Bucks were supposed to win the IWG or IWGP Tag Team Championships, and then they were like, "Nah, give that spot to yeah. FTR. We'll we'll do like a uh, like a multi-person yeah. tag." So like the Bucks have gone out mm-hmm. there. So that part is all bullshit. So I don't know how much of that I buy. Yeah. I do believe that like FTR is unhappy with their push because like Punk, they are. It's the Bret Hart crew. That's all I'll say. Uh, next up, we have Powerhouse Hobbs defeating Ricky Starks in five minutes, 15 seconds. Um, I'm going to be really disappointed if this doesn't lead to at least one more match mm-hmm. down the road where Ricky Starks get the gets the victory back. Um, my guess is we're going to be pushing Powerhouse Hobbs as a Wardlow challenger. Mm-hmm. And then Ricky Starks is going to be doing the path to redemption yep. and eventually beat powerhouse Hobbs, yep. maybe even eventually beat Wardlow uh, for the TNT title. So I think that's where we're going. Yep. It's hard yeah. to have any thoughts on this match because no, it, it was, was, it was what it was we expected it to be too. Right. But I think it that... was, it was going to be one of two things. It yep. was either going to be a squash or Ricky Starks was going to pull off the miracle win. Yeah. But I think uh, both guys' futures are still really bright in the company. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching both of their, their stories going forward. I'm really looking forward to the rematch between this net where the rematch of this next match. That's the clunkiest sentence I've ever said on the pod. 
Swerve in our glory. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland defeated the acclaimed with Billy Gunn in 22 minutes and 27 seconds. This match was awesome. The crowd was so behind so the acclaimed. Hot. So like, like I said, even though like we kind of have the audio down and we're talking the whole time mm-hmm. for this match, we were like, whoa, turn up the audio. This Chicago crowd was so into the acclaimed. And we even had to kind of talk about it with some people last night because people are like, that was bogus. The acclaim should have won. I don't even know where we go from here. And I'm like, well, that's not the story. And especially now that we know that there's going to be a rematch, the acclaimed are winning those titles in Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. Like don't, don't make any mistake. Like they, they will be the next tag team champions, especially after getting that. So Chicago, you basically made these guys the champions. Good job. Um, because the split is coming between Keith Lee and Swerve. There's there's conflict there. Even as good of a team as they are, there's still some conflict. And the thing that we had to talk to people about last night was like, all of us like AEW. Like in our, in our group, AEW fans, for the most part, love the booking. It's the timing of the booking. And I don't think that... Either it's we don't have enough patience or we're not willing to give Tony Khan the benefit of the doubt whenever it comes to storytelling. And we're just like, but we want it now. I want the acclaimed as champions now. I want the split now. And to be fair, I said the same thing whenever we were previewing the show. I'm like, honestly, if this was me, I would probably pull the trigger on that. It seems like the obvious thing to do. And it seems let's do it. Um, I probably would have done the acclaimed winning here doing a rematch at Arthur Ashe. And that's where you do the split between Keith Lee and Swerve. However we get there, it's happening. We will be getting Keith Lee and Swerve at full gear. I would be willing to put money on it. I think that the one thing to add to the timing thing is the reason I think it was a blunder and left all four guys a little bit worse off is because the majority of the crowd isn't going to be patient enough. If this was a new, a largely new Japan audience, we could have easily done this and stretched it out. We know that we could have stretched out even longer Mm -hmm. because they're used to being patient, but especially after having punk come in and Cole come in and Brian come in, there's a whole bunch of new eyes on the product who are used to hotshot booking and used to things happening faster. And I think you kind of have to ease them into some of these longer ones. And once in a while, you got to hit the payoff when the iron's really hot with that live crowd. And that felt like a mistake last night because the crowd wasn't booing. They were deflated. And when the wind gets sucked out of their sails, that's the time when you kind of got to go, okay, maybe the story I wrote out was better, but the crowd favored this story and I needed to do it this way, even if I like my story better. So last year's all out was like maybe the greatest pay-per-view of all time. I, I think and so. I, and I don't think it was because of just the returns. No, like that was no, like it was a, the, fantastic a giant cherry on top. Yeah. But it was a lot of like the entering stuff all had satisfaction, like mm-hmm. satisfactory. And it very, was a payoff pay-per-view. It was so nice to just be like, Oh yes, that person was awesome. Win. What's next? Yeah. That's what I wanted. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of gotten away from that over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mixed results. Mm-hmm. Some stories will end. Not everything ends at once. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just... The flow is always going to be different. And if everything was super predictable, I think AEW would lose some of its shine. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of is what it is. And honestly, I kind of like the idea of the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn as a trio more so than just the Acclaimed as a tag team. <laughs> 
Um, so I, that that's just me. But like after that response, and Arthur Ashe is going to go crazy. So Chicago's gotten enough good things. So let's give Arthur Ashe, you know, <laughs> some really big things. Um, next up, we had the square match, the AEW interim women's world championship. Tony Storm defeated Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and Jamie Hayter. Um, did the right person win? Yeah, I think, I think so. so too. I and I think like and everybody knows I will sing the praises of Jamie Hayter day in and day out, and you could feel the crowd getting behind her. But unlike the acclaimed, this wasn't the time to pull the trigger on her. She's one that benefits from a longer build. She's got to go through her feud to get out of Brit's shell. She doesn't even get time as a singles wrestler yet. As, like, she's got a lot of builds. She'll get there, and she will be a women's champion. She could even be the one to dethrone Jade if you want to go that route. Like, that might be Ooh. that might be the solution there. I mean, you might have Brit do it at this could point. Have, honestly, you could have anybody do it. But you I'm might saying, as like, well it's do an it. option, right? We know Didn't Jade Tony Storm just lose to Jade not that long ago? remember she lost to rosa yeah I don't, she fought, I don't think she fought jade i think she just lost to rosa okay but uh like we know jamie's gonna win a title in this company and the crowd is starting to buy in and get behind her so that was the right person won the match absolutely it's hard because hikaru shida might be one of my favorite wrestlers in the company especially that division and um i think she was probably the person who needed that win the least um again it's the same thing with jamie Hayter. she just needs more tv mm-hmm. time yeah to be honest to it, yeah so if in the order of how i wish things would have gone down as far as who would have won i think it's tony first jamie second brit third because that we talked about it last yeah. week that story between jamie and brit it's it's the same story it's just how you're gonna tell yeah, it, it d- yeah it's just which and then shit dude like you can even have sheeta be the one to beat jade and I think people would be happy with yep. it, but she just needs TV time. Yep. Um, the match itself. I liked it. I yep. thought it was fine. Um, it's just multi-person matches. They kind of, they're, they're clunky they're for me. Yeah, They're tough. Um, because it is like you said earlier, it's a lot of people just waiting for their spots and you know, this one went almost 15 minutes. Um, I liked it, but you know, definitely less than four. Like if I'm generous, I go 3.75, but it was like three and a half. It was good. The The biggest stuff being like, and dude, this crowd was behind Hater, mm-hmm. And so like whenever you have one of those hot crowds behind somebody, that's that's definitely an indication that like, okay, now it's probably time to start heating this up yeah. a little bit. And they gave her the, they gave her the false finish, right? She had the win. And then yes. Pulled her out and that was and then Britt. That I thought that was the thing. finish, dude. Me that too. got me. That it got, got me, me too. But it, like in a good, it was a good, it was a yes. good decision. I yes. Honestly, that false finish with Hater is what made me go four on it. I I do go a full four. I could even potentially be swerved into like four and a twelfth. <laughs> I mean, I get it, <laughs> but I get it. I mean, I even bought the Brit pinning mm-hmm. Hater. Absolutely. I, I, like there, there was a stretch there where yeah, I was like, okay. Really and then after that, it was basically Tony Storm one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fine. Um, I don't think it nearly deserves as much hate as people are giving it. Um, I wasn't getting hate. It was a good match. Because people, people wanted other people to win. That That's literally all it is. And I'm just like, well, Tony Storm is going to win the title it all out anyway. And so let's just have a good match to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm going to get that fired up about it. Unlike our next fucking match, Christian Cage with Luchasaurus defeats Jungle Boy Jack Perry in 24 seconds. This sucked. 
I yep. hated it. I get that it's an angle. Brian Alvarez has kind of alluded that Christian might be hurt. He's, in I've which case, three places now. Yeah. So I don't know. Why do you it, put it's this just late on the card then? Uh, where else would you put it? Like I said, this match is like this card is very clunky Honestly. as far as like the crowd's like, oh hey, oh. I probably would have stuck it right after the trios match. You knew they were going to have trouble getting into whatever followed that, so just get this over with then. You're screwed no matter where you put I it, would but do that it after the, the least damage. I would do it after the ladder match. Could do that too, yeah. Either way. Because like basically it's just entrances to like move yeah, on. Exactly. Uh, uh, but I think, down. yeah, it just, it was weird. I, I don't know what we're going to end up getting. Like it, it was an angle, yeah. so there's no reason to break it down. Uh, he, good job, Christian. You outworked everybody. Uh, yeah, we get it. Um, this next match was kind of weird. Uh, I, I still don't know how I feel about it. Chris Jericho defeats Brian Danielson. Um, I feel bad for Jericho because he was out there kicking ass and doing his best and his tights didn't fit him. So the whole time he's kind of just like pulling. And I was like, man, that sucks. Like they had a, a solid match. I think I would go. I think this is the one I would go three and three, seven, five. That's exactly what I have it at too. There was, there was nothing that really like hooked me as far as like, um, yep. Oh, now we're going to pick up. Like, let's go. Um, it was good. Yep. I don't know if I would have had it go 23 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, I probably would have put a little bit of that time elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If this were a 15 minute match where both guys were just going the entire time, I think that would be really well, but these are two guys who are really good at selling and prolonging the match. And no one really took, they just kind of traded offense, which was fine. Like it was fine. Um, you know I, what it really reminded me of uh, AJ styles and Brian at the rumble a few years back where it was like, again, one of those matches where it had a ton of potential and it was fine, but it just kind of missed that extra spark that you were looking for out of it. Was that during Danielson's like uh evil vegan? All run? I remember is this the year that Shinsuke won the rumble. I could, cause it was when he and AJ shit the bed at WrestleMania. Okay. I, th- I think I'm sure I've, I saw that. It, cause it, it was that, it was that, re- that mania was my final straw. Whenever yeah. they kicked, whoever kicked each other in the dick, I was like, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> um, twist his dick. The old dick twist. Push that dick. Uh, speaking of this next match was kind of a dick twist. It was a little weird. Should we? Darby, uh, Allen, Miro, and Sting defeated the House of Black in twelve minutes eleven seconds. I'm going to ask you the most pertinent question. Uh, what do you think is up with Malachi Black? So it's pretty clear. Um, he's definitely taking a personal leave. Yes. Um, a lot of mental health stuff going on. So regardless of where he wrestles next or if he even wrestles next, it's going to be quite a ways down the road. Um, It sounds like he wants out period, whether or not that perspective changes when his mental health improves is another story, right? You're having a lot of mental health issues. Avoidance is one of the first strategies to go to. So wanting out of your current situation makes total sense. So I don't want to say he's going to end up back in AEW or back in WWE or retire because right now he's he's not going to end up in WWE for a very long time. He's until 2027. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's where things are at. It, Maybe it's the last one period, but hopefully it gets uh, gets better. 
Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. I have a hard time speculating on it because from everything I've heard, it has a lot to do with like there's there's some I don't want to say mental issues, but there's but just a lot of like personal there's, there's personal around. stuff yeah. going on it's... and a break would be best yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, the match itself, I thought was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think moving forward um, with Malachi Black taking some time off, I think Brody and Buddy as a tag team it would be an absolute Fine. blast. Um, even if you bring in a third, I don't think you even need to necessarily rebrand them. No. Until, un- unless Malachi Black like leaves, but yeah. um, he's not going to get cut from his contract. I, I would I would be shocked if Tony Khan just ripped up the contract. Um, yeah. Miro, Darby, and Sting probably aren't going to be tagging again, but nope. what a run. What a run. Um I just like the idea of Darby and Miro going up against Brody and Buddy on Dynamite sometime soon. I think that would be an absolute blast. Um, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I liked it. Staying doing the mist to uh, screw over Malachi was really good. And, and then, to write him off. Right. That's how you right. write him off the show. He got the mist. So that was a nice. Yeah. If you want to do the spooky stuff, that's what did it. It yep. was the. It was a nice bit of continuity to help write it off. Um, he got, he got stung by Sting. So the one thing I did think I noticed about this match, and I'm curious if you noticed it too or if I'm seeing things. Did Julia just come out without any shoes? Looks like she painted half her foot black. And I was trying to figure it out the whole match. It's like, what the hell's going on? Because Brody had like these boots with white paint on him. Like, is she wearing those boots too? And I was like, no, it looks like she's wearing nothing. I'm just so confused. It was weird. Mm. Meaning, no, it's weird. I'm not I'm not a foot pervert. I didn't No, know. neither am I. I just <laughs> I had to laugh. So it's like, is she wearing any shoes? It's kind of weird. Like, are we switching supernatural into like this dive into the pagan Wiccan in the woods gimmick? And you got to be barefoot all the time for it. Like, is that where we're going? No, Quentin Tarantino. I didn't notice that Julia Hart wasn't wearing shoes. <laughs> I'm going to bury you punk style. I'm over here trying to have a fucking podcast, trying to build an empire. My guy's just looking at feet. There's a continuity with this, that BTE bit with hangman. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want to do? I want to look at some feet. <laughs> I laughed so fucking hard at that. Oh man! Well, speaking of feet, uh, CM Punk and his busted foot beat John Moxley in 19 minutes and 57 seconds. I I I like this one a lot. The match itself was really good. Uh, it kind of took me a little bit to get into it, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd, I'd stick it a solid four. I don't think I'd go any higher just because it was so abundantly obvious Punk was going to win that it did make it harder to get into. Like, I wasn't buying into any of the false finishes or anything like that. So sure. it made it tougher, but they did they did a good job with it. It's hard because I thoroughly enjoyed the match, but we just got to get into the, the post-match. Mm-hmm. Um, Punk wins. The lights go out. We hear a voicemail from Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, like his offer to MJF, yeah. MJF unmasks. But before the... MJF unmasks, we get the clip of Punk. Oh, that's right, doing the doing the the devil the devil promo yeah. that I, everyone has heard a bajillion it, times yeah. by now. Um, unmasks, puts the Burberry on, music hits, he comes out, and didn't challenge for the title. Maybe it's just me. But I was fully expecting him to like quote unquote cash in and beat Punk in Chicago and embarrass him and move on. 
thing is, I don't think the, the chip is supposed to work like that. I think it's supposed to be a predetermined date in a match. I don't think I don't think a non-participant is supposed to grab the chip either, but here we are. Well, you can't get DQ'd in that match, though, so that's kind of fair game. It's not even the first non-participant in the ladder match. Marco Stunt interfered with one two once. I mean, I his, get it. He did his destroyer off the little kitty ladder or whatever. Oh, is that that's where we go? Christian has yeah. Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy has uh, Marco, Marco Stunt. But as the, is heavy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like punk. I mean, MJF couldn't have cashed it, but he did do the belt sign and said that belt's coming home with me. And you know, it. like he, he made it clear what, it, what was going on. So we're doing this in Arthur Ashe, right? At grand slam. Absolutely. Yeah. So that takes place. Nine twenty one. my first day in Austin, like the day before the film festival starts. So we might a little on air production meeting. We might have to do like a, either a late, late night, wednesday or like early morning thursday if you can swing it um but yeah i i think that grand slam show is going to be very important Mm -hmm. and i think that there's going to be a lot of chatter good and bad until we get there i mean punk might not even be the champ by the time that we get there we don't know we don't know uh what i do know is that we are exclusively in new york for the rest of September. So MJF is going to be a baby face. Yeah. What does that tell us? So I MJF is going to have his work cut out for him trying to get basically hometown crowds booing him the entire time. Although with what's going on with punk, he may just have to suck it up and run with it. That's what I'm saying. He could just throw punk under the bus and people would be like, yeah, you're right. He is a dick. I think, uh, I mean, that's kind of what Jericho was talking about. He's like, yeah, I'll teach him how to do it. They, they like him now. And he knew he was, we knew he was coming back as a face, whether or not he wanted to. So see what happens. Yep. Um, it's going to be really interesting whenever we get there. But yeah, looking at it, we've got Buffalo, Albany, and then New York, New York. Um, let's see. The card for this coming dynamite is actually pretty dope we've got the roh pure title match with garcia wheeler taking on daniel garcia and then best friends and orange cassidy versus the death triangle which is just a lot i, I loved pack when orange cassidy came out no even the backstage she was like <laughs> yeah. get out of here <laughs> so funny yeah um i definitely don't think orange cassidy is going to be the one to beat pack no i don't that think would so. be that would be really bizarre if Orange Cassidy's the one making the rounds over in like Rev Pro and and stuff like that. No, I um, think this title's on pack for a long time. I think it's gonna be on it. I think it's his for for a minute. Um, any other big picture thoughts on All Out? Because really, I really enjoyed the show. I didn't think there was any chance it was going to surpass last year's because mm-hmm. that was, I think for me, it's like. WrestleMania that was 17? their X7, right? That's yeah. what it was. Um, and All Out 2021. Yeah. I think my big picture thought is we need to be a little more careful with the order you structure the matches in. So I think that was the one. Thing this was probably the worst structured pay per view I remember for that. But all the mat, like outside of the couple that really didn't deliver, the matches were really good. I well, I, I think it's just kind stuff. of like disappointing results too. Mm-hmm. So like, and you got to stack those in the right order on the card. Looking at these results, though, I don't know how you do it. Maybe start the show with uh, Darby, Miro, and Sting. I mean, they wanted to start with the ladder match so they could get the MJFC planted right at the beginning. 
But yeah, you could go Darby and Sting earlier in the card. But I know Tony Khan loves staving Sting for near the end because he's... Yeah, I mean, it's not wrong. Sting, right? It's Yeah, I get it. Which, by the way, I like the part during uh, Jericho's presser whenever Tony Khan said that Jericho and Mox is going to be his Ric Flair and Sting. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's dope. I like that a lot. And I just feel bad for Mox during all of this because I'm oh, like, this yeah. dude carried the company mm-hmm. for a, during the pandemic and when Punk was hurt and now he's a total afterthought. Yeah, he had to put over a piece of shit. So. It's a bummer, dude. Um, speaking of piece of shit, let's talk about WWE over in the UK this weekend. Yeah, so they did their big UK event. Um, the Sheamus, Walter, or Gunter match, um, whatever you want to call them, because the crowd still chants Walter all the time, um, was, was excellent. I went a solid four and a half on it. Um, it's gotten bigger praise than I've given it for sure, too. Um, I went three, seven, five, and I felt like that was generous because, so I watched the first match was the women's trio match. Yeah. And then it was, then it which was that match was like 20 some odd minutes. It was long. Yeah. That killed me, dude. Like I was on my phone basically the whole time. I'm like this sucks, dude. So basically, this is my first time helicoptering in Mm -hmm. since, was it Royal Rumble whenever we were all just kind of like dicking around watching that? I think so, yeah. Their production's still so bad. This was worse. This got... So bad. So this was interesting because I'm I'm finishing up my month of the Hunter experiment, right? Yeah, we'll have to get into that. The production has never been better to the sense where it's like AEW standard or something where the camera cuts aren't offensive, but I will say three seconds max for a camera cut clash of the castle was the worst it's been since Hunter took over. This is the worst it has been since he took over for the cameras, which good sign, bad sign, totally irrelevant. Who knows what to make of it, but for what it's like, it's never been great, but this was the worst it's been for sure. I thought it was unwatchable and I think it really hurt the Walter. (sighs) Uh, screw it. The Walter Sheamus match. Um, because I've seen this match before. The aspect of it that I haven't seen before is someone who was actually Walter's size. That part of it was really interesting. Um, commentary was brutal. Corey Graves just shouting the whole time was really rough. Um, yeah, and just the lighting was such an eyesore. I watched this this morning and I was like, this sucks. Like, this is such a bummer. Um, so yeah, I bailed as soon as the match was over. I was like, it's fine. The rest of the card was pretty missable. Um, I mean, whenever I saw the the result of the main event was just yeah, Roman winning again. Was, I'm like, I mean, it was okay, fine, so it was a fine match, but but I mean, we're basically times. but WWE is basically a New Japan territory now. Where I'm just like, so nothing's happening until January, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. And like I think they're going to sell out the Survivor Series in Boston, like. That one's yeah, doing really, really well ticket-wise. Well. But, like, nothing's going to happen. No. Because no, Cody's, Cody's not coming not back at least until January. Yeah. No, it's it's in a holding pattern until Cody comes back to either win the Rumble or just randomly get a shot. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I'm just... I'm so apathetic whenever it comes to WWE because I'm, like... I'm really sick of people telling me that it's better now. And I think that might just be, unless anything like crazy happens in the next week or so, which, hey, it might. Um, 
that might be a big picture topic I want to talk about because mm-hmm. it it is so upsetting to me that people are lying to my face <laughs> and ju- are just so like, hey, WWE's good now. I'm so like, those are two different. You're things. a liar. You have said two different things. Yes, WWE it, is better. Is it? You're right. Those are two different thoughts. If they tell you it's better, they're not lying because it's definitely better. But no, they make it seem there. like it's drastically but better. If they make it sound like show it's now. been night and day changes and everything got flipped upside down, no, it hasn't. The things that have changed, there are longer matches. The promos are slightly freer. But match finishes are still the same too. I look oh, at each match no, and there's like DQ finish, yeah. No, the run-ins. The, the differences are there are some different people getting pushes because they're Triple H's people. And they're getting put in places still below the main guys, but higher than they were. The matches are longer. And what was the third thing I just fucking said? Oh, the promos are slightly less scripted. That's it. That's all that's changed. It's like, in some sense, yes, longer matches is a major change. And the one I was most adamant about needing to happen because I want to watch wrestling on a wrestling show. Big fucking surprise. But like, no. Well, that's the entire reason why we watch AEW primarily. That's why that was the company, right? So it's... That was a necessary change, and that was a big change because the matches were really fucking short before. Like everything was five minutes less. So when they say that has changed big time, they're not lying because Cage Match will verify that the matches are significantly longer. Everything else, yeah, it's minor changes. Have there been some positive ones? Absolutely. Is it this groundbreaking? Oh my god! Suddenly this is black and gold NXT in the prime all over again? No, not even close. Yeah, and that's the thing that kind of bums me out because I'm just like, we want, like. Is this basically an AEW podcast? Yes, because it's the thing that we enjoy the most. But would it be awesome to have WWE as like watchable and something that I go out of my way to watch consistently? Hell yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Well, if um, the Bucks and Kenny end up there, we may have to start thinking about that conversation. Don't put that evil on me, Mitch. Don't I mean, on me. it's on Tony right now. He's got a gonna make some tough fucking decisions right now yeah but dude just the idea of the young bucks and wwe or like the wwe version of kenny omega i'm like oh my god could you imagine like people people would be lying to your face just being like oh that usos young bucks match was awesome and it's like which one they've had eight this month and they were all exactly the same it was awesome god i hate the miss oh Miz versus Kenny Omega. Let's go. That's how Cody started. (laughs) People would also be lying to your face and be like, this is a dream match. I'm like, yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I definitely don't get the hype with the WWE stuff. I think it's exactly more of the same. So like you said, has it it changed? Slightly. But it's still the same exact product. Like largely. There's there hasn't there hasn't been any sweeping changes. No. And uh, again, we are we are a week away from the time that I have been so excited for Monday Night Football versus (laughs) Monday Night Raw. I I am so interested to see what the ratings do, because uh, if the ratings don't really dip, which would be a miracle for WWE, um, don't expect any changes Mm -hmm. like anytime soon. Like there's no reason for them to do anything drastic mm-hmm. at all. They will keep telling their below average stories and we'll all be worse off for it. Or the ratings just like dive and we'll see if Triple H uh, panics or not. So if you were to put money down now, 
does Roman make it to WrestleMania as the double champ? Yep. It's all on the Cody story. I'm so interested to see if they are patient to wait out the entire NFL season <laughs> to tell their story. Um, that's that's the thing that's been endlessly interesting to me. And like I said, I hope the ratings take a dive because that means that we are more than likely to see a change. Um, but hey, Roman versus the TikTok man, let's go. Let's uh, let's do that for a couple months. See what see what that does for for y'all. He flew to England to throw a water bottle at Roman. That's all he did there. Sat in the crowd, sat in the crowd and threw a water bottle at him. They flew him the whole way for that. Um, this is not related to anything we've talked about outside of that. It concerns an AEW person. Alex Reynolds is on crutches. He's hurt. That sucks. Oh, that's such a bummer. no idea what, but like people have spotted him leaving the hotel on crutches. So that's a bummer. Well, the weird thing is there was so we didn't even mention Samoa Joe came back. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't do that, did we? So the Twisted Metal movie's done shooting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's he's back. He's done shooting that. He's yeah. Is he actually playing Sweet Tooth? I believe so. The the clown dude. That that's what I'm cool. hearing. But yeah, uh, go figure. Go figure. I mean, I, I don't know what we do with Joe now that he's back. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this whole thing is so bizarre. Um, but yeah, we'll see. This should be an interesting week. Uh, like I said, I might have to put this up ASAP because this could be old news by the time this comes out. But... It very well could be. We've had three or four breaking news moments while recording. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, dude, it looks like Ace Steel is like legit going to be gone. He needs to be. If that's even like half true, that's immediate termination. There's no way around it. Dude, the fact that Tony Khan never got up and left is also very concerning to me. What do you mean? Because like, the... At the conference? Yeah. I don't know if he got told what was actually happening. That would also be a big problem because I know I know for a fact that he didn't have his phone on him. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like Jericho said some shit went down, but that's all that's all he got. But how did he call the audible to take the Bucks and Omega off? He like just grabbed somebody. That means nobody came up to him and said, like, hey, you need to come with us like right now. Oh um, yeah, there's a million problems that show up because of this. Absolutely. That 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 upsets me. Uh, match of the week and why was it the trios <laughs> um the women's match at clash of the castle yeah dude that was match match of the fucking century bailey's back and we're doing nothing with her um they did the chant <laughs> yeah they, they did the thing and then they wrestled <laughs> for 40 minutes or whatever it was um yeah, it was it was definitely the elite versus Hangman and the Beaver Boys. Um, do they have a name in AEW, or is it just Reynolds and Silver? It's just Reynolds and Silver. They don't actually That's have funny. a name. Uh, Beaver Boys for life. Um, yeah, that was that was easily my match of the week. Um, I really enjoyed the main event, and I think I would have enjoyed All Out more again if the matches were kind of moved around, mm-hmm. and if MJF was the champion to end the night. Um, I think I would have liked that a lot more. 
Especially um, in hindsight, knowing how that press conference went. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just like, <laughs> that That would have literally been best case scenario. Um, so yeah, who knows? Honestly, um, we might have to do an emergency pod, maybe mm-hmm. late Wednesday on Thursday because Punk is suspended. We'll indefinitely. find out. We will this find is, out. This is nuts, dude. So uh, until next time, I'm Mitch. I'm Jake. This is the Bingo Hall Boys Wrestling Podcast.